Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Don't Miss This Podcast, a Come Follow Me study with Emily Bell Freeman and David Butler. We fill this show up with all the things we think you don't want to miss in the scriptures every week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Hi, I am David Butler. I'm Emily Freeman. Welcome. Glad you're here. Welcome to Don't Miss This. Um, happy November, whatever month it is, <laughs> is it <even laughs> when you November? watch it, I don't, I can't remember all the dates, but this is really fun. It's a great month. So happy the holidays are here and, uh, we're getting excited for Christmas, Thanksgiving, <laughs> all those things that are, that are coming up. Um, super excited about next year's study. We are coming to the end of the book of ether today, which means we're on our last book next week in the Book of Mormon. That is so crazy. Uh, which then is it wild. Is December by then. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. To jump into the end of the Book of Mormon and then the beginning of the Doctrine and Covenants. And um, we have such fun stuff coming for the Doctrine and Covenants. Uh, you may already know that we have a trip a month planned. <laughs> Not planned. We already recorded in all the different places along the church history route, starting in the Sacred Grove, moving all the way to Nauvoo, and then um, that place of the pioneers, Martin's Cove. <laughs> I forgot it for a the second. The place of the pioneers. <laughs> Recording one, at least one episode per month, teaching actually on location, um, which we're super excited about. And then Nashville Tribute Band, who came with us, um, Jason Deere, and then other members of the band, to sing a song at each of those locations. And so at the end of those lessons, we'll have a music video um, with that song in the place, creating a soundtrack for the Doctrine and Covenants next year. And if you didn't see it, last week on our Instagram, we posted a sneak peek of one of those that was done in the Sacred Grove. So go check that out and just get excited as we finish up the Book of Mormon. Um, Get excited for that handoff of Moroni who writes the last words, passes them on to Joseph. Which, you know, let's just then, give him a little sneak peek that you're so excited for Moroni 10. Oh, yeah. Right? Is that all you're going to say? I'm like, is that the right one? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's it Moroni is. 10. Yeah. yeah, you can't wait for Moroni 10, yeah. everyone. Put it on your calendar. So, getting ready. So, next year, these are, remember, available. Maybe they're already shipping by the time you watch this. But yes, hope so. Hopefully so. We want, we hope and want them to be in your house by Christmas um, so that you can just be ready for our study um, next year. The journal and the devotional book, which... Um, will hopefully just guide and help out and supplement. Yeah, it's going to be so fun. Year. And then the soundtrack will be on Spotify, except for three songs that we recorded special for next year. One of the songs, The Spirit of God, is going to be your probably theme song for next year. That's how much you're going to love it. And this cute family from Kirtland sang, came and sang in studio. Um, did I say the Johnsons? I can't even remember. And cute. you're going to love that song. And then David and I actually both sang on the other two songs. David was like the hero Stop of the song. You. He could be in the band. I should have played the keyboard, everyone, but it was still really fun. <laughs> it was awesome. So, so fun. The soundtrack for next year, all that fun stuff is coming. We're super pumped. Um, today, we are pumped about Ether 12 through oh, 15. We really are because Ether 12 is might be one of your favorite chapters in the Book of Mormon. It really is. We're glad that it's lumped together with some really heartbreaking chapters. It's going to remind you a little bit of the end of Mormon 
in his writings and the battles and disaster that ended. Remember the book of Ether is of an entirely different civilization of people, the Jaredites. Moroni has read the records and he is now giving us a summary of it, and which is the book of Ether, and he, he puts in his commentary. So the whole book of Ether, remember, started with this journey of a family who left the uh, land of Jerusalem, that area, many, 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 many years ago at the Tower of Babel time before Lehi. The whole book of Ether happens bef- like Way before. most of it before yeah. that ever happens. After that story of the family, we just get a zoom through of just generation after generation after generation of, of scandal and and um, um, takeovers and wars yeah, and battles. it's kind of a roller coaster because there's good kings and then there's bad kings. And you just you just keep going through this cycle over and over again. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you get to either 12 and Moroni just pushes pause. And then all of a sudden he wants to give you this discourse on faith, hope, and charity. Which totally makes sense because he probably got into this and was like, everybody's going to hate this part. I need, to, like, <laughs> I need to pause and remind people that we belong to a church that believes in faith and hope and charity and all those good yeah, things. Yeah, and I thought this yesterday um, when I was reading through this again. Remember, there were no chapter breaks when Moroni wrote this record down. So he wouldn't have stopped necessarily at verse 11. It was like, okay, new thoughts. Someone put those in later, right? So... End of 11, I was so intrigued how 11 ended. And it said, there are all these people, and they did reject the words of the prophets. Are you in chapter 11? I'm in either chapter 11. Before we get into 12, I thought I was kind of like, oh, let's take a running head start and see what happens. It came to pass that Coriantor begot Ether, and he died having dwelt in captivity all his days. So Where are you? I'm so Oh, that was the very end of 11, um, 22 and 23. Okay, perfect. It just ends with him thinking about... This rejection of all the prophets, these kings in captivity, and then all of a sudden he comes in into chapter twelve, and he says, "Okay, let me tell you about this ether. He was one of those prophets of the Lord, and um, he came forth in the days of this other king, whose name is Coriantumer, and he began to prophesy unto the people. And let's move aside so you can see the board, because here's where your, your first fill-ins are going to kind of come." over here on on the left but he says he could not be restrained because of the spirit of the lord which was in him and i think it's interesting how much this reminds you of mormon a little bit who remember he like kept going out and preaching even Mm -hmm. though like nobody was listening to him and how much this is like maybe hitting home for moroni as he's writing this and and feeling a kinship with this prophet Ether, he says he could not be restrained because of the spirit of the Lord, which was in him. That that propelled him forward to keep doing the work God had called him to do. To keep mm-hmm. trying, to keep, like, it's almost like you want to say, someone would almost say to him, dude, there's no hope. Stop doing it. Yeah. And then Moroni's going to come in and say, like, oh, actually... Let's talk about hope. <laughs> and you love, too, that the Spirit is going to play into. You probably had a million conversations about faith and hope, and that is where we're going to enter in right now. I think it's so important to remember the Spirit plays into both faith and hope. That it's part of that realization of those two things in your life is the Spirit. And I love that the Spirit could not be restrained 
like it was part of that. He could not be restrained because of the spirit that was with him. Yeah, and it's almost like if we want to think about what is it that the spirit is going to be testifying and witnessing to him of, right? And it's and that's that source of like, wait, where are you getting this surety? Where yeah. are you getting this motivation? Uh, uh, where you know, and it, the spirit is what's bringing those truths about who God is, who Jesus Christ is to Ether, and I think that's what's like. And I love as we think about this time that we're just coming out of this roller coaster period. We actually kind of live in a roller coaster period right mm-hmm. now. We live in that time where we we feel that ebb and flow of righteousness and wickedness and all of that tension that surrounds the time in which we live. And I love that he starts out and he's like, okay, this is what you have to know going into, like I'm pushing pause and I want you to know the importance of the spirit, first of all, and then how the spirit is going to walk you into a place of faith and hope because I actually feel like I need faith and hope in my life right now. I feel like we live in a time where you actually have to go seeking faith and hope. And it's interesting that he's going to introduce this chapter with you need to have the spirit. Like, watch how the spirit is going to play into this situation. Yeah, and I think I said this last week that when, like, I listen to these chapters on speed, you know, and when you start listening to them, like, go all the way through, um, it is so tiring mm-hmm. and it's exhausting to, yeah. you know, just be on that. And and I actually was watching, I was listening to it while I was at the gym, which is like weird. I know, I normally don't, everybody, but I just happen to be this time. And on the TVs were all the stuff about the country and election and and, and, and it just was kind of like, I'm, I'm so exhausted at division. He's talking about division. Yeah. He's talking about fighting. He's talking about all of these things. And I love that you're saying that it's almost like that. Him like going through all this is like, oh my gosh, stop. Yeah. This is what we need. We what need we need spirit. in a time like this is because look at some of the words mm-hmm. in verse four that he just connects to it. I mean, maybe before we jump in, but he's just like, he uses words like surety, anchor, uh, steadfast, you know, mm-hmm. those kind and, of things. And sure. And right. all of those. Yeah. I think that's so important as we look at how do we, how do we like embrace hope and faith and part of that has to do with the spirit and it makes me think of president nelson when he said you will not be able to survive the coming days isn't that so interesting yeah if you don't know how to have the spirit with you and you're just making me think for the first time whenever he says you won't be able to survive i'm just like what's someone gonna stab me you know (laughs) but actually as you say that for the first time i'm kind of thinking to myself because otherwise you might give up you know, yeah. otherwise you might just say like, oh, forget it. Yeah. I don't even want to, I don't even want to do this anymore. But it's neat to think to yourself, oh, if I am feeling exhausted and feeling torn and up and down and up and down and up and down, there is a promise of surety and uh, anchors and steadfastness. Um, and you can be led to glorify God, you know, at the end of this. I love that there's that. Whatever, yep. I mean, we were talking before we started filming and we've been in a million discussions with people as they try to define, this is what faith is and this is what hope is. And, and which one came first. Yeah, and there's so... And you want to be like, yes, 
Like they they came together, right? Yeah. <laughs> they just they all came. All of these attributes of Christ. It's not like the chicken and the egg. It's like when the earth began, those things were present. And how do you grasp on to each of those? Yeah, things? and and, and what do they mean for us? Because we're going right? to talk about charity and we're going to talk about grace and though all of those things combined is kind of a healing bomb and what gets us through. And I think maybe that is would be really important as you study Ether 12 and then in a couple weeks, Moroni 7, where Moroni comes back and says, I want to say more about those three things that I would maybe read them, not so much trying to figure out the dictionary definition of them, but read them as a, oh. I need the, yeah, all together for a healing, anchoring purpose. Yeah. So we're going to hop into hope first. Did we talk about his message? Oh, yeah. Uh, let's, let's. Uh, yeah. Well, you can kind of start it where like he's going to, in verse three, yep. this is his message that the spirit of the Lord was in him and what he feels constrained to say from morning until the going down of the sun is people to believe in God. Um, and to turn again to Christ. Yeah. Which, of course, that's what he's saying because whose attributes are they? Where are you going to find these things and it is going to be in Christ yeah. that all those things are going to be made manifest. And then he's going to start with hope. We're going to go into this discourse on hope right here. And he says, wherefore, whoso believeth in God might with surety hope. And then there's two things he's going to tell you your hope wants to be like founded upon. One is the hope for a better world, right? For kingdom come. That's kind of what he is alluding to. That's our hope. And also a place at the right hand of God or a place in that kingdom. That's our greatest hope at the end of the day. Even though there are other things we hope for or we get our hopes up in, our greatest hope in the end is that better world and a place in that world with God. That's hope is what he tells us. And it's neat that he says, and you can approach that with some certainty, right? Um, uh, like just a, a trust in who God is, that he's both willing and that he's both able mm. to make that come to pass. And because of his nature and character, like, okay, now I with a surety can look forward to that. Yeah. And let's just talk about that for a minute because that's so good and I think it's important. Let's just pull in Romans 4. Because it's so interesting because what does he promise Abraham? And, and we've been talking a lot about the promises to covenant Israel because remember President Nelson asked us to start grabbing a hold of those and listing them as we go. And what did he promise Abraham was a better world and a place in that better world? That was the covenant promise given to Abraham. And it's so interesting because when you get to Romans 4, Verse 18, and I'm just going to take a couple of these sentences, but it says, Who against hope believed in hope, and being not weak in faith, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, being fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. So it's so interesting that you're going to see those all interconnected, right? His hope was... And I love when it starts out, this is why I love Romans 4 so much, is because it says, against hope, he believed in hope. Like, when he looked at his life, he was like, there's no way this is going to happen. I'm not going to have a posterity. I don't have any children. So this doesn't make sense that this would happen for me. 
but he still believed in that promise from God of a better world and his place in that better world. And then I love when it tells us, here's where faith is going to come in, that he wasn't weak in faith. In fact, he staggered not at the promise. He just, faith would be a word that describes action. So he just moved toward it because he hoped for that promise that had been given him. And then I just love that part where it just says he was fully persuaded, just like you just said, that God doesn't just give promises. He doesn't just set a dangling carrot out there in front of you. He's actually able to help you obtain that promise or that hope, whatever it is. And yeah. I love that. Yeah, and maybe that, that phrase I used earlier that to give up would be a synonym to stagger. He was like, you, you won't give up. You won't stagger in this because it is set in, in someone who is sure and immovable. Yeah. Right? It's something for me to say to you like, oh, I promise I won't ever do that. I promise that won't happen. And you're kind of like, okay, I maybe believe you 80%, you know, or, or whatever. Yes. Um, but when God says it, you're like, oh, it can be 100%. Yeah, because and, and then don't you love having is. hope in 100%? Yes, very much. Oh, it's such a good thought. So you just see in that verse 6 where he just keep right, he just, oh, no, I like Verse 4. And you yeah. love when it says you can with a surety hope for that thing. Like you don't, you don't even need to waver in that hope. And then he's going to introduce faith right here. He's going to say this hope is going to come of faith. And that will make an anchor to the souls of men, which will make them sure and steadfast, always abounding in good works, being led to glorify God. And I love that it's so similar to Abraham's story because he staggered not. And Moroni is going to tell us he's going to make us sure and steadfast, right? There's going to be no staggering. You can bank on that hope or that promise. And through your faith or your actions or your obedience, your trust, right? Yep, and your trust, that's how you're going to access that that promise, that hope that has been set in front of us. And and it's going to lead you to glorify God and abound in good works. Like you're just going to have a life surrounded by goodness and and glorifying God because because of that. It's just interesting that just like how come you are so um you keep this steady course of good works and you keep the steadiness of praising God, even though the world looks like yes. this. Yeah. Well, and let's talk about this too, because I think this is important. That having hope and having faith doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. It doesn't mean you're not going to have bad days. Just because you have that hope doesn't mean you're not going to make mistakes or have fails in this life. But that hope is going to stay in front of you, that good thing. And your faith is going to help you continually move towards that good thing, even even when you don't have your best day. Well, um, because you would have, like, if you made a mistake, you maybe would have given up otherwise. Yes. You would have said, like, oh, but remember, his ether said, no, believe in God and believe all of his attributes. Yes, it's so good. I think I once taught this to a Relief Society. This is probably 10 years ago. It was a stake release society meeting and I prepared the talk and it was one of those talks. Have you ever had this happen where when you put it all down there, you just knew it wasn't your words. You knew it mm. was like given and you were the instrument. And it was one of those times where I felt really everything that I had put on the paper, I just felt was God's message for the women of this stake. Well, when I got there, 
right when I got there, the uh, Stag Relief Society president said to me, we might not have enough time. We, we may not be able to give you the full time we thought. So will you just be looking through your talk and see what you should cut? And right when she said it, the spirit just kind of said to me, I gave you the right talk for this moment. But I am always so careful when you're given an amount of time that you don't go over your time. I just feel like it is important when the meeting's supposed to end, it's supposed to end. And and so I sat down and I was like, well, I'll just go through and see what part would I cut. And she sent me a note over about 20 minutes into the meeting and said, I think you're going to have, they were going to take 15 minutes off my time. So I went through and figured out the 15 minutes I would take out. And then the spirit again said to me, no, I gave you the whole talk. That's what I want you to give. Well, one second before I stood up, the Relief Society president handed me a little note that said, just go ahead and give your whole talk. And I looked at the clock and I was like, I'm just going to give the 30 minutes. That's what I'm going to do. So I stood up and I gave the 30 minutes. I finished exactly what time the conference was supposed to end. I sat down and I just could feel this like sinking. Have you ever had that happen after yes. speaking? Yes. Where I just sat down and I was like, you did it wrong. That is what it felt like. And I was just sick about it. Like I wanted to be like, can I just actually... Take 10 more minutes and just finish the part I didn't do, but I didn't. And I got out of the meeting and I came home and I had so much heaviness on my heart. And I remember going into the closet in my bedroom because I just, I felt like so penitent about what had just happened. And I knelt down and I just said, I need a do-over. Like I, I, I'm sad I didn't give the message. And now I feel like I probably... The part I cut out might have been the most important message for the day. And I I need a do-over. And I just begged, please, can I have a do-over? Is there some way I can have a do a do-over? And the spirit just whispered back, it's it's all done. But next time you can do better. You can have a do better mm. next time. And it was a real tutoring experience for me that most often in life, we're not going to get to have a do-over. There are going to be some situations, but that we can be tutored and trained in those moments. And what we're really trying to have every single day is a do-better. Mm. That's what we're trying to have is a do-better. And if, if yesterday wasn't your best day and you that hope looks so far away and unobtainable now, we can wake up the next morning and realize this is, this is a do-better day. Mm. I can do better than I did yesterday and that's kind of the way life looks and in my life it's the collection of those do better moments that I wished I could have had a do over but that the tutoring that came has made me better in certain areas that I think are going to enable me to reach that promise that hope at the well, end and that's so awesome that you can wake up and say like I can face this day without staggering and I can face it with um, with that hope because of who God is. Mm -hmm. Like if you were like, I get a do better. If someone were to say to you like, why do you think you get a do better? Mm -hmm. And you're like, because of who God is. Yeah. Right. That's why I, I get one. Yeah. Well, he, you, um, it's just fun. If you will have this one and another one where you'll keep like thinking about these phrases and, and these words and, and, and see how he teaches about them. Um, you look in ether 12, there's that famous verse six, as we start talking about faith, but um, the problem, six was the solution, and five was the problem of the day. 
And the problem of the day was either did prophesy great and marvelous things unto the people, but they didn't believe them because they couldn't see them. So Moroni comes in and he says, almost like, I think this is going to be a problem in every age of time. So I would like to just say to the world, mm-hmm. right? Faith is things which are hoped for and not seen. He's almost coming in and saying, friends, do not dispute not because you see not. Because they aren't the same thing. So don't expect that they will. For you receive no witness until after the trial of your faith. So this was a problem in Ether's day. He was talking of great and marvelous things that were to come. And people were like, I don't believe them. They will have those great and marvelous things will have no sway on those people's hearts, emotions, or actions because they simply don't believe them. And they're like, why don't you believe them? Because we can't see how it's going to happen. And Moroni comes in and he says, don't expect to see it. Because living by faith is to hope in those things without seeing them. That's what it means. And that's my message to a future day, almost to say, make sure you're not like these people Mm -hmm. in the past. Let these have full sway on your heart. Let it give you hope. Let it give you a confidence of a do better, right? Even though you might not see it quite yet. And I love that he's like, don't worry if you feel like you can't see it because a lot of people haven't been able to see it. That that they've they've held on to this hope that they're not sure how they're gonna achieve it or or realize that in their life. And you love when he's gonna go through and he's gonna start making a list of all of these people. Yeah, we have on did we oh yeah, we already showed the board. Okay. This little list right here, we call Ether chapter 12, and it has a companion chapter in the New Testament, um, the Hall of Faith, (laughs) right? Or the Faith Hall of Fame. You can call it either one that you want. And this is the Book of Mormon wing. Um, Hebrews gives you the New Testament wing and the Old Testament. It gives you the Old and New Testament wing. And now here is the Book of Mormon wing of that hall of faith and he's talking about i love how you just like introduced it it's so rad to say like hey if you feel like wait i kind of like trouble with i might not be able to see it he says you are not alone let me tell you all the rad things (laughs) that have happened in this book all started with people who couldn't see how it was going to work out but then they staggered not and then the they saw the promises come to pass yeah so as you chap- as you study this chapter, we want you to make a faith hall of fame. And let's just list some of the people. <laughs> that you, yeah, Because yeah, you'll yeah. know who they are. He's going to talk about Moses. Um, he's going to talk about... Alma start, and Amulek started in 13. And then Ammon. He's going to go through... Nephi and Lehi in the prison that, that was there. That was in verse 14. And you love the three disciples who didn't want to taste death. It's just so fun. And it's, it goes like this. It was by faith that Moses this. It was by faith that Alma did this. It was by faith that Ammon did this. And I have written in my scriptures right here, and behold, it was by the faith of Emily that, and then dot, dot, dot. Because don't you think you can go back your whole life and say it was by faith that what happened? You know, the grace was even born into our family or that um, Garrett recognized his dream of playing football or whatever it is. It was by faith 
that those things happened. It was by faith that I was woken up in the middle of the night to go down in the basement and take care of Josh when he had a health need. Like I can go through my whole life and think it was by faith that this thing happened. Yeah. And it's this whole idea of, if you look in 19, he kind of gives this cool line at the end where it says, there were many whose faith was so strong, meaning like they couldn't see it, but they still hoped in it so strongly and staggered not, even before Christ came that they couldn't be kept from without the veil. And remember, he says, we just saw one person at the beginning. He says, but truly saw with their eyes the things which they had beheld with an eye of faith. Like they had looked forward with this eye of faith and then they eventually got to see it with their own actual eyes mm. after that. You know, yeah. they like saw it. You know, I, I think that it would be a really cool study throughout the whole Book of Mormon is that idea of an eye of faith to look forward. Yeah, and wh- what does that look like in someone's life? And that's right. so good. And it's fun to put on this list the heroes that are mentioned here, but you may have your own heroes from other books of scripture or even people who are alive right now who have strengthened your faith, it would be fun to just list all of those people out and think about that. And then he's going to talk about a third thing, which is charity. And before we jump into that charity, I think it's neat that he realizes somewhere in the in this chapter, I think it's 22, it's by faith that my fathers have obtained the promise that these things, like the plates he's working on, should come unto their brethren through the Gentiles. Therefore, the Lord hath commanded me, even Jesus Christ hath commanded me. And it's now maybe Moroni's realization that he's not only your tour guide in the hall of faith, but he's actually in it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, now I've got to like finish this record <laughs> for a people that I have to, I, like, I, yeah, I, I, don't I don't see, see in front of me. And am I going to like keep scratching into these plates? Am I going to keep carrying them around? Am I going to bury them in the ground? And he says, this is now his opportunity to look forward with an eye of faith and stagger not and trust in the promises of, of who God is and what he knows. Mm. And so he actually gets to participate in it. And it might cause you, like it does Moroni, to start looking at your weakness and to start looking at it and saying like, oh my gosh, but I don't, I don't know if I can. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's going to be good enough. And I don't, I, and, and that is when you just, he just talks about like, I can't write very well. I, I don't think... Yeah. You know, and then you get that beautiful verse in 27 where where God says, I can make weakness become strength. All I need for you is to just keep moving, right? Just keep pushing forward. Give me your loaves. Give me your rocks, right? I just need you to like hand them over and then I will make it strong. Oh, that's so good. And you think it's so interesting because he leads with hope, which is going to be this promise that you almost feel like is unobtainable, but he, but he says to you, but I am sure in this. You, it's a sure hope you can have in this. And then he tells us about faith, which is like rooted in Jesus Christ, right? And it's action and it's our belief in him. And then I love that he's going to introduce to us grace in verse 27. And he talks about, I will show unto men their weakness. Sometimes I um, swap out that word for mortality or their like where your your limit of capacity is I, I will yeah. I will show you that lack in you or where your need is and the reason why is so that you will be humble enough to allow my grace to work in your life and I love the thought that grace is that enabling strength it's that it's what comes in and transforms us to be what we would not 
be able to be on our own without him in our life. That it increases that capacity for us. And it happens because we are lacking and we become humble. And then what grace does for us, he tells us, is it makes weak things become strong unto us. That's what's going to happen. That's what grace does. And it meets us in our story most often in our weakest moments of our story, in the moments when we have the greatest lack. And I love that he teaches that before he moves into 28 where he says this, I will show the Gentiles their weakness and I will show unto them that faith, hope, and charity will bring unto me. That's what's going to bring you there, right? You're going to recognize your weakness. You're going to have that enabling strength and then you will have that faith, hope, and charity that is going to bring us to him. And for a minute, we're going to talk about that charity. Um, In 33, well, in 32, it's awesome because he says, remember that he said he was going to prepare a house for all of us. That's what he was going to go ahead and do. And then he said in 33, I remember that thou hast said that thou hast loved the world even unto the laying down of thy life for the world that you might take it again to prepare a place for the children of men. And now I know that this love, which thou hast for the children of men, is charity, right? And you start recognizing, okay, charity has something to do with the atonement. It has something to do with grace. It has something to do with sacrifice, with him being willing to lay down his entire life in order to lift us up. That's charity. That's what charity is going to become. Sometimes we call it the pure love of Christ, but I love this definition of charity, that, that thought that he gave up everything in or, because of his love in yeah. order for us to obtain that hope. Yeah, it's like this love, right? That he's just like 33 is like the greatest manifestation, right, of that God is for you. Like he will, he did not stagger and, and he will not stagger. Like he's shown to you, like I am all in, in fulfilling all of the promises that I have made. And then it's so interesting because he's going to say in 35, if you don't have charity because of your weakness, then this is what's going to happen. He says, I will prove them. And I will take away their talent, yea, even that which they have received, and give unto them who shall have more abundantly. So there is this moment that he's he's trying to explain in your weakness. That's where you should actually be learning charity is in that place. But if you're not, I will prove you, he tells us, until you can figure out what that charity looks like. And then the next verse is so interesting to me because it says, and it came to pass when Moroni learns that, he says, I prayed unto the Lord that he would give unto the Gentiles grace that they might have charity. Which I've thought about that so often because in the moments of my life when I have experienced grace most tangibly, it has been in the hardest moments of my life. It's been in the times when I was the weakest, when I had the most lack. That's when I have tangibly felt that power of grace or that enabling strength come. And we've talked about this a lot, that oftentimes you almost want to describe that grace as love, except for that it's not love because 
it just, it has an added element of strength within it. And I love that Moroni says, if, if you could just experience grace at that level in your weakness, you will understand pure love, right? Mm. Jesus on the cross and the atonement, that is grace that is born out of pure love. Yeah. That's what happened. That is sacrifice that is born out of pure love. And that's what allows us to be transformed. And it's so interesting that he says, if somebody needs to learn charity, it will help if they experience grace. Because if they can experience grace, it will teach them what love feels like. Yeah, and it's it's just powerful to consider that we are afraid of lack and that we're afraid of weakness. But it's like, oh, no, those are the places where you're actually going to learn what it means to be loved. Yep. You know, because particularly on, on this, uh, like, when you, when you consider, like, Jesus on the cross, like, someone would sit there and just think, there's no way that I can become who he thinks I I can become. Like, I, I'm, I'm never, that's, it's never mm -hmm. going to happen, you know, for me. And in that place of like recognizing it can't happen for me, that's when yes, it happens. It happens. And it's so interesting because um, I love that it is by grace that we experience love. I, I sometimes say to myself this, charity is an outward expression of our inward understanding of grace. Mm -hmm. That's what I feel like it becomes because we know where we have been lifted it helps us to lift someone else so at the end of this chapter as he kind of goes through this moroni actually says goodbye three times in the book of mormon <laughs> because bless his heart he doesn't ever know when he's done yes um, and this is one of those times where he thought he was done and in 38 it kind of begins this ending and he says so I bid farewell unto the Gentiles, who with my eye of faith I see reading this record someday. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, and also unto my brethren whom I love, until we shall meet before the judgment seat of Christ. He's really just singing, God be with you till we meet again, mm -hmm. is what's happening right here. And then you shall know, verse 39, that I have seen Jesus. And I, don't, don't you think that's an interesting thought, by the way? He's like, when we meet at the judgment seat, you'll know I've seen Jesus. And I want to say like, wait, how will I know yeah. that you have? Like it will be on his faith. It will be in his words. Well, and I you know? think, yes, and I, that's what I think. I think it's because he went through and described him. And then you're going to see Jesus and you're going to be like, oh yeah, he's exactly who you said he was. Yeah. That's who he is. You'll know I've seen Jesus and that he's talked with me face to face. Um, and I only have a few things I've written because of my weakness in writing. Verse 40. But if I were to say something in 41, it would be this. And now I would commend you or I would beg of you. I, I, my last will and testament mm. for you would be to seek this Jesus. Seek this Jesus, almost implying there is a that Jesus that some people may have told you about. But I want you to seek this one, the one that the prophets and apostles have written about. And if you seek for that one, or this one that we've described, the grace of God, the Father, and the Lord Jesus, and the Holy Ghost, 
will be and abide in you forever. Right? The answer to all of this is what you were saying at the Mm -hmm. beginning. It can become healing. It can become strengthening. And his advice is in all of this, just seek for this Jesus. And then let him fill you with faith, hope, grace, and charity. Yes. Um, You love that as we learn to live within that cycle of of hope and then faith and then grace and then charity. I love going back to 12.12 where it just talks about if there be no faith among the children of men, God can do no miracle among them. Wherefore he showeth not himself until after their faith. And you just love this process of seeking this Jesus is a process where you trust the promises that have been given to covenant Israel. And that's all of us. That's hope. And then you have faith towards those promises, that faith rooted in Jesus Christ that's going to change us and help us move toward that goal. But we know we're going to have days that we need to do better day. And that's where grace comes in. And as we let those three things work in our life, in our moments of weakness, that's when we're going to experience the pure love of Christ. And the more we experience, the more we're going to be able to give that love. And I, I love that the entire time the Spirit is tutoring us, right? It's working in us. It's, it's helping us so that we will not be restrained. And, and, as, and as a tutor and also as a giver of gifts, mm. right? That these aren't things we earn. They come to us as gifts, right? The gift of faith, the gift of hope the gift of grace, the gift of charity. Remember when Elder Christofferson called the Spirit the messenger of grace, that he delivers them, he makes them yeah. real and alive in our souls, right? Yeah, so they're not that. just whimsical, like out there things. They're like... Part of us. Yeah, and yeah. they're thick and they're anchoring and they're sure for yeah. us. I love that. And I think we focused on 12 because we love chapter 12 so much and we could talk about it for 10 more hours. That's how much we love it. But what's going to happen in 13, 14, and 15 is Moroni is going to take us back into that same story, that same roller coaster. After that pause that we get to have, he's going to take us back in. And it's so interesting in 15, 19, he talks about the people and he says this. I'm just going to read the first sentence. But behold, the spirit of the Lord had ceased striving with them and Satan had full power over the hearts of the people. It's such an interesting contrast to where we started, right? Here, the Spirit of the Lord had ceased striving with them, and Satan had control over their hearts compared to Ether, who could not be restrained because of the Spirit of the Lord, which was with him, and that his entire message was this, turn to Christ, seek ye this Jesus, and have hope and faith, and rely on his grace and charity, and learn to live in that world. And that's where the miracles will come. Oh, that is so awesome. That's so good. All right, that is the end of the book of Ether. Next time he thinks he's done and he's just going to do a goodbye in the book of Moroni and kind of wrap up. Here are the lessons at the end of two civilizations that I have witnessed. So see you next week. This audio was taken from a YouTube video from our YouTube channel. You can find us on YouTube at Don't Miss This. Also, sign up for our newsletter at don'tmissthisstudy.com and you can follow us on Instagram at Emily Bell Freeman and at Mr. Dave Butler. Thanks for listening. Bye.